What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Wednesday, July 28th. Training camp officially on, baby. Around the entire league. Saturday is going to be cool, I think. I mean, the NFL is trying to make events. That's what the NFL does. Uh, so there will be live practices on TV. I, it's something I guess we don't get to see ordinarily. So I'm looking forward to it. We'll see what happens there. Of course, looking forward to August with fantasy football draft season now upon us. So it is a good time to talk a little bit more about some fantasy football draft strategy. So five basic tips, uh, and I'm not going to you know, do the know your league scoring settings, blah, 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 all of that. I, I will say this flat out, though. Uh, I do think that people overvalue scoring settings and undervalue roster settings. One of the big uh, things I've been on this year is expanding your required wide receivers, if you're in a league that requires you to start two wide outs, expand it to three because that then increases the value of the top guys at the position relative to running backs. Uh, if you're only starting two, there's simply better replacement players at the position available to you on waivers. So starting three makes a lot of sense. Obviously, if you switch to two quarterback or super flex, that, that increases the value of the position pretty dramatically. Uh, people keep talking about tight end premium and using a one and a half point per reception league scoring format there. But really, if you want to make tight ends premium, you start two of them, which I do not advise. <laughs> but in that league, if you started two tight ends, it'd be like Kelsey Waller Kittle first three picks for me in a draft. That's how valuable those guys would be. Anyway, I'm not going to do that. It's more uh, draft tips. Also, we'll have my draft day checklist coming out here shortly. I like to release that early in August, along with my draft board article, which I've been doing for years. It's uh, basically my uh, strategy, or I guess I'd say strategies, because I don't want to just say one strategy. I don't want to walk us into a box, but my strategies for uh, drafts this year. But uh, today, five solid tips that I think are a good starting spot as you construct your own strategy. Before I get into that, I did want to note Deshaun Watson. Uh, the league did finally come out breaking the silence, and they said that um, he is able to participate in all team activities at this time. The NFL statement said, we are working cooperatively with Houston, the Houston Police Department and ensuring that the NFL's inquiry does not interfere with their investigation as we continue to gather additional information and monitor law enforcement developments. We will make appropriate decisions consistent with the collective bargaining agreement and the personal conduct policy. At this time, there are no restrictions on Watson's participation in club activities. So there you go uh, with that. Essentially, this means he is not on commissioner's exempt right now, but he still could be placed on commissioner's exempt. And the challenge there, if you are another team, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, the Miami Dolphins, the Denver Broncos, and you're interested in acquiring Deshaun Watson, well... Will you be interested if you have the the threat of commissioner's exempt sort of hanging over? No, you wouldn't. Because uh, let's say you do acquire him. Say Miami acquires him today in a trade. They trade a whole bunch of stuff for him. You know how that goes. If he's placed on commissioner's exempt list next week, the week after that, the following week, whatever, it's now you have to pay him. You know, commissioner's exempt is a paid leave. It's not... Uh, it's not the same as a suspension or anything along those lines. So it's quite problematic. As of now, there's a very real chance Watson could actually be playing for the Texans this year, 
which, you know, even as recent as a few days ago, I didn't think that was possible. But it is very much there. So just wanted to throw it out there. Um, all right. So let's dive into these fantasy football draft strategy tips. And, and I think when it comes to fantasy football drafts, I want a bunch of different strategies in my arsenal. I don't want to come into battle saying I am going zero RB and that's it or something along those lines. I think you have to understand zero RB. I think you have to be able to use zero RB if the opportunity presents itself, which I don't think it does this year, by the way. But also realize that, like, you know, for example, hey, if you're first overall, you're not going zero RB. You're not going to fade running back in the beginning rounds. You're not going to draft Travis Kelsey first overall or Devontae Adams or something along those lines. So having an arsenal is important, but at the same time, I do think it is also very, very important to keep it simple, especially on draft day. I mean, you don't want to show up at your draft with a billion different sheets of paper, you know, like a binder, uh, magazines, or your your laptop with 15 different tabs open. Because think about it, oftentimes in these drafts, like it's not like you're on like a 30-second clock or anything like that. But you do have a relatively short window to make a decision. And more information is overload. I mean, this is the point where we want to load up on all the info, right? This is the point where where we're prepping. And we want all of this stuff in our heads by the time we actually get to our fantasy football drafts. So, you know, I often equate it. I used to be a college professor. And I would, I would come in on the day of exams and I'd know exactly who did their prep work and who didn't. The students who would be sitting there just like kind of waiting, calm, cool, collected with their pencil in hand, they studied. They were ready to roll. The students who were like frantically flipping through their papers and all that, like they didn't study. You know, they didn't prepare. And if they didn't know it by that point, they're never going to know it. So right now is a time to, to do all the prep work. And then on draft day, I show up with one sheet of paper, my draft board. Now, of course, you can get that in the FTN Fantasy Football Game Plan. It is my draft guide magazine. We just updated it. Second update, the third update will be coming here in early August. And then late August, we'll do the fourth and final update. So really key right there. The board itself clearly laid out. Uh, well, it's basically by position. I give round values for players. So where I'm sort of valuing these guys doesn't mean I have to draft them in that range. But generally speaking, that's my market value on these players. And with this board, you won't get sniped. You know, there's always going to be somebody else there for you to draft. So love the board. You can get it at FTNFantasy.com and it helps you keep it simple. K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. Great advice. Hurts my feelings every time. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll roll on with the other four tips. After the break, we're going to talk about what to do at running back this year. So I've talked a lot about the idea of punting your second running back spot in fantasy football drafts this year because I really don't think you can get away from a running back in the first round, especially now that we have, I mean, we did lose Cam Akers from the first round or from first round consideration, which is where some people were thinking about him. But now I think you kind of lock Aaron Jones in that range. We'll have to see what happens with Saquon Barkley. As of now, I still have him as a first round guy. Regardless, I prefer to anchor my roster with one of those top 10 guys. However, if you've been paying attention to a lot of the fantasy football talk this year, you probably have seen this idea of the running back dead zone. The running back dead zone, once you get outside of basically the first 
15 or so running backs, which are going to be off the board by the middle of the second round in a lot of instances, there really aren't a lot of appealing options as you get past those guys. So that's probably about the Joe Mixon range right now, who I, I have Joe Mixon at 14. After that, I mean, yes, DeAndre Swift, who I have at 15, is interesting. Same with J.K. Dobbins, but there are some question marks to come with them. Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, yikes. Uh, These are guys who don't come with a lot of upside, uh, very appealing options. If you're spending like a third or fourth round pick on these guys, I got to get some juice with these guys. So what I'm suggesting instead is... This is the time where we need to attack wide receiver. Punt your second running back. Realize that when you're done drafting, you're going to look and you're going to have a guy who's maybe the 30th running back on the board as your second running back, and you're not going to love it. But that's okay because that guy's going to have some juice. You're drafting for upside with that guy in the sixth round as opposed to this guy in the third round or maybe even second round. It depends on you know how high these guys get pushed up the board. You know, I sometimes get asked, uh, how early would you reach for a second running back? And and my answer is invariably always, I wouldn't. I'm not going to reach for anybody. I'm not going to draft somebody ahead of where I value them. Just not going to happen. So don't do that. That that allows value to fall down the board to your opponents, and you don't want to do that. You don't want to give your opponents an advantage. Remember to think about it that way. You're drafting against your opponents. You're not drafting just your team. So... I'm looking to really attack wide receiver, second round, third round, fourth round, fifth round, and try and beat my opponents to the punch at the flex spot as opposed to making sure I have all these running backs. It's It may be out of your comfort zone, but you can punt your second running back spot. My third tip, prioritize tight end, but don't go overboard. I love Travis Kelsey. I love Darren Waller. I love George Kittle. But I don't love spending a first-round pick on Kelsey, and yes, he's going to be a first-round pick. I don't love spending a second-round pick on Waller or Kittle. What I'd much rather prefer doing is looking at that next tier. I talked about this on the podcast yesterday. If you didn't listen to the Tight End Tiers podcast, then I suggest going back and listening to it. At least download it. (laughs) I'll take that first and foremost. But I do think you need a solid, obviously you do need a solid tight end to keep try and keep pace with the teams who drafted Kelsey, Waller, Kittle. But when I look at where somebody like TJ Hawkinson is going, which you may be able to get Hawkinson in the fifth round, there's so much more appeal to a guy like that who he could be a triple-digit target guy very easily. He is coming off a breakout year. He can take another step forward this year. You know, we always see this. There's guys who join the elite tier every year. Last year, it was Darren Waller. Took that step up, joined the elite tier. Who's the next guy to join the elite tier? Is it TJ Hawkinson? Is it Kyle Pitts? Does Mark Andrews get back into that consideration? Or is it one of those guys like uh, Dallas Goddard, Logan Thomas, Noah Fant type Uh, I don't have the answer right now, but I really would prefer to be at the top of that group. So I'm still prioritizing tight end, but I am not going overboard with the position. Fourth tip is just load up on the value at wide receiver. And as I mentioned, when you look at wide receiver, the value is extremely appealing. And I'm talking about you can get high-end players at really budget costs. 
Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, one if not all of them might be there in the second round if you're drafting at the end of the first round. In the middle of the second round, you're going to have DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley. At the end of the second round, you're going to have DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, beginning of the third round, A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin. You're going to you're gonna be able to score guys like Allen Robinson. I, I mean, in theory, like if you drafted at the back end of the first round, you could come out of that with a running back, then have somebody like Diggs, then have somebody like Allen Robinson. So you have two top top 12 wideouts and a top 10 running back, very likely. I love that roster construction, as opposed to a top 10 running back, a top 20 running back, and a top five wideout, like say if you still go with, with Diggs. I, I would much rather go the other way, because then you could even circle back around and still get another top 15 wideout. So in the first four rounds, three top 15 wideouts plus a top 10 running back. And this is what I'm talking about, the race to the flex position. Now, if if we are punting the second running back spot, we're still scooping more value at wide receiver. And when it comes back around to us, yes, the, the, uh, the, the guys who are available aren't as appealing, but it's still the Deontay Johnsons of the world. There's, there's drafts where DJ Moore falls entirely too far. There are drafts where you could get maybe Chris Godwin or maybe Cooper Cup. If, if any of these guys fall, that's your flex. A top borderline top 20 guy or in some instances a top 20 guy. That's your flex. As opposed to if you're drafting three running backs, you're, you're, not, you're not getting a top 20 running back as your flex. That's for sure. Unless you go running back, running back, running back, in which case now you're really, I mean, you're behind the eight ball a little bit at wide receiver. So I'd rather load up there. Of course, there's going to be volatility with every approach, and there's no one way to win a fantasy football league and certainly to dominate a fantasy football draft, but I am seeing this pathway as a good one this year. The final tip, and and this is uh, basically an annual one, if you're in a one quarterback league, wait until the end of your drafts to draft a quarterback. Now, this especially becomes true in a 10-team league. Literally, I will draft a quarterback as late as I possibly can. If I have kicker and defense, they're going to be my last picks. But I will draft, if it's a 16-round draft and I have to draft a kicker and a defense, I'm going to draft a quarterback in the 14th round. Because every single week, there's going to be a quarterback to stream. Now, on a 12-teamer, maybe not. And again, I'm not talking about two quarterback leagues. I'm talking about a one-quarterback league. But in a one-quarterback league, in a 12-teamer, you're still going to have plenty of options available in the late rounds. Currently, here are late-round options for you uh, with plenty of uh, juice. You get some upside options. You get guys like Trevor Lawrence, uh, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, the young guys. You could maybe shoot for something like Carson Wentz. He's going to be available in the late rounds. Ryan Fitzpatrick, whichever New Orleans guy you prefer, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. You can have guys with high floors, so you can go a safe approach with a guy like Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins. They're all going to be there in the late rounds. And are they the sexiest options? No, but you don't necessarily need Patrick Mahomes to win your leagues. And in fact, ask anybody last year who drafted Lamar Jackson in the second or even first round how that worked out for them. And Lamar did not have a bad season at all, at all. Not a bad season, but drafting him that early was too much of a value cost. So stick to drafting quarterbacks at the end of your draft, load up at running back and wide receiver early on, early and often, especially at wide receiver. 
And don't wait too long at tight end. You know, that's the name of the game right there. So there you go. Five basic tips. We're going to keep expanding on draft strategy as we move forward into August here on the podcast. But that should get you started right there. At Jeff Rackliff on Twitter, at Jeff Rackliff on Instagram. Use the hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. And uh, don't forget to go check out FTNFantasy.com, especially if you want my personal draft board. One sheet, baby. That's all you need on draft day. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.